finalists for the Miss Cheerleader USA contest travel to this secluded camp. Hey, there is no going back. For some, it will be the crowning achievement of their lives. I'm gonna win that queen contest. Nerves are on edge. There's something eating in everybody, right? Ever since we've been here, it's never a good night. Jealousies are exposed, and hatreds explode. This year, something evil has come over the contestants. And she shows them to kill her. The instructors. You're a mascot, not a human. The judges. And the hired help. I hope you die. Something is about to make them all victims of... Cheerleader Camp. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And today we're doing our usual non-canon episode. Yep, yet another exciting episode of the non-canonical adventures of JD and Randy in time and space. And this time we decided to do a little bit of a random search for a movie we didn't think we would watch called Cheerleader Camp from 1988. Yep, and the whole reason why we randomly searched this is I'm not going to go into too much detail, but... Do not try to search for cheerleader camp unless you're a very certain type of individual looking for a very certain type of movie. Starring Lucinda Dickey. But this one was starring Lucinda Dickey, so we were good. Yeah, we, we decided to complete the uh, quadrilogy of Lucinda Dickey films. Yeah, Watched all because night. we were having trouble finding an, another movie to play today because they got taken down by copyright strikes in the middle of a watch. So what we did was we decided to search for this one random movie, and we managed to find it. So uh, this movie stars, and it's like it actually has a big name in here, I guess, big name in yeah. brackets. Uh, you have Betsy Russell, who uh, people might know from the Saw fil- uh, series of films, uh, mm-hmm. she's the main female character. Uh, Leif Garrett as Brent Hoover. Leif Garrett, and well, everybody knows who Leif Garrett is nowadays. Yep. Lucinda Dickey as Corey, Corey Foster, and okay. I guess I'll name Lori Griffin... As Bonnie Reed, one of the cheerleaders. Travis McKenna as Timmy Moser, one of the cheerleaders. The fat mm-hmm. cheerleader, by the way. And George Buck Flower is Pop. Yeah. So if you want to know what this movie is about, it's it's technically just a typical 80s slasher movie where a bunch of teenagers go to a camp and they start uh, dying. But this movie is not quite what you would expect. Uh, yes, it's exactly the opposite of what I was expecting. Because, J.D., give me an F! <laughs> give me a U! Yeah. Give me an N! And what does that spell? Fun! Yeah, this movie is completely off-the-chain bonkers. I want to say off-the-chain, but it goes tonally all over the place for the first two-thirds of the movie. There's, like, one kill, mm-hmm. and not very gory, and then and in that time, it's a comedy. It's played up as a straight comedy. It's basically a teen comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's a teen comedy for the majority of the film, and then in the final third of the movie... They ratchet up the gore. They they kind of drop some of the comedy from it, but they ratchet up that gore. They ratchet up the tension. Mm-hmm. So basically, it ends up being. Uh, it ends up being a typical slasher film at the, at the end. Yeah, but what's what really works for this movie is how it's done. It has no problem just going to left field at the drop of a hat with a random cut, with a random line, with a random sight gag, with a random death. Oh boy! Like just to give you a, like a explanation this movie is what i would characterize as a movie that's really bad but it's really good because it's really bad (laughs) i would say there are two types of good movies there are 
movies that are crafted well that are good movies and they're movies that have a good spirit that make the movie good is a movie like miami connection is not a technically good movie but the amount of spirit and willpower they put behind it makes the movie so fun to watch this is kind of like that yeah it's like i'd put it more in the camp of something like that than like ninja 3 the domination which is also in that sort of wheelhouse yeah it's a movie it's the type of movie where they take the spirit and the gusto they put behind the production and it ends up elevating the movie and making it enjoyable through all the insanity you're currently watching and then looking at stuff behind the film it's like it's a low budget film it's basically shot in one set for the entire movie at a, in 24 at days a, in 24 days it's been filmed in 24 days it's shot just that literally at a camp somewhere that as i asked jd during the movie i'm like i wonder how many horror movies have been shot here <laughs> yeah probably um, all of them like i said the biggest name in this movie at the time would have been leaf garrett who i would you say would be on the wane of his heart throbbiness i would say is this was 1988 and he was a lot bigger about a decade earlier but i thought uh, he did a pretty good job i actually think the actors did well with what they had which is you know it's a slasher movie it's yeah it's a teen comedy slasher so with that, I guess we should move on to the highlights. Do I have to say the line now, or are we waiting? Might as well say it because it is. So this is okay. So this is I'm going to bring back one of our old segments of best line of the film. Mm. Before we go on to what our actual highlight of the film, there is just a random line. Let's paint you a picture of the scene. You have a cheerleading competition going on, like inside of a cabin, mm-hmm. just like last night festivities. Your main crew people are up on the stage. They're doing their dance. And the fat guy falls off and knocks over the creepy redneck uh, handyman? Yeah. A site caretaker called Pops. And he starts laughing at him. And starts laughing at the ridiculousness of this whole thing. Yeah. And Pop looks at him. And I gotta start getting into the voice for him. Mm-hmm. Looks at him and goes, you can laugh, but you can't sing. I hope you die. <laughs> The whole movie is filled with lines like that. Um, yeah. It's uh, such a bizarre film. Which brings me on to what my highlight of the film is, is that this bizarre tone, this comedic tone. There's literally a scene, dear listeners, where um, our fat cheerleader who likes to commit basically sex crimes. He likes to, he likes to uh, peep. He's uh, horny. The movie. He's horny. And he's peeping on the girls as they're swimming at like a... At like a pond or something like that. Yeah. But he's dressed up as an older lady and he's pretending to be looking for um bird so he pretends to be bird watching while dressed yeah. as a woman. And yeah, when they commit to the bit, they commit to the bit. There's another scene where he's peeping on the manager of the camp along with the sheriff and he's dressed up like a soldier, and he has like a, t- a periscope on his camera. Oh, did I mention that he carries around a camera everywhere? Yeah. And and he's he's looking in there, and his reaction is like, "Oh boy, I think I'm making my first porno." <laughs> it's like it's so dumb. The whole movie. This is this is one of the, this is my highlight of the movie. Is the whole movie is so bonkers. But what it does well is when it goes for comedy, it's funny, and when it goes for kills, it's gory. So oh, boy, it does. It does the two things it you go in for, it does them well. The only thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't combine them to be humorous. Yeah, it doesn't really combine them that well. Although, like I said, some of the kills are so over the top in the right mood, you probably would be like, uh, wow, we are, was this a comedy or is this an actual horror movie? And the kills are incredibly brutal. Oh, yes. 
There's oh. one. There's one where they set up a bear trap above a door, and and uh, a character walks in, and it closes, it crushes his head, and he's yeah. They, they, oh they Kevin McAllistered him with a bear trap and crushed his skull. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like rolling around all stiff on the on the ground. They go back to him like three times in the same scene with the camera. Oh wait, how about the one that got hit by a car and all her intestines <laughs> turned into paste, and the stomach has burst? Or oh, or man. how about the one with the shears shoved through the back of her skull and. Uh, and it's covered in maggots after only 24 hours. Less than. Less than 24 hours. Or how about the one who got his stomach sliced open and all his uh, bowels <laughs> come flowing out? Yeah, in, a, in less than a second. It This this movie is so... Oh, man. I guess then uh, we... Well, I guess for the low light would be that... There, it does, though it's funny and it is horror, you know what I mean? It's both of those things. It's not really both of those things together. Yeah, it's like to use a more modern movie, which generally I find does that right, would be Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Mm, like, you mentioned that at the, the yeah. Movie. Um, Scream does it too, but it's like, but that was that was the, with the purpose of being meta. That was more satire. That's more satire, say. but it's like you get a good good combination of horror slash comedy going on in each of these type of movies. Mm-hmm. This one, like I said, it doesn't meet in the middle. Yeah, that's that's definitely. So yeah, that, that's actually my low light of the film is that they don't actually combine it. It's almost like two separate movies. It's like it's mm-hmm. a teen sex romp comedy for the most part even though there's a girl that committed suicide yeah at some point um and even though you have a main character who keeps having these vivid dreams because she's taking medication which we don't know what for but she has vivid dreams about killing her her teammates and other people so here's the strangest part about this uh this movie if you've been listening to this to Cannon Cruisers for any length of time you know that the two movies we don't really tend to like very much are teen comedies and slasher movies. Yeah. And I, I was in love with this movie, watching the entire thing. <laughs> uh, I found it kind of drags a little bit. Once it gets to the actual slasher part of it, I find it yeah. kind of drags. A little bit, yeah. But, but yeah. But I just... And we don't like... like we you've If you've seen any of these, you know we, we just don't care for these genres. But for some reason, this movie got me the whole way through. I was, I was a gross through it. I think part of that could have been what we had watched earlier today yeah, in our recordings. I don't think being so. Being so miserable for us. And then us, like, ping-ponging to this. And this movie is, like mm. I said, ba- a bad film, but a fun film. It's... Can we talk about the actual characters in the cast for a moment? Sure. And how ridiculous this is? And also, I'm going to tell you right now, there are spoilers here because of how ridiculous I have to talk about the ending. Well, this part, we have to go into spoilers for the ending. So, um, yeah. Before we give you our scores here. And I would just... recommend going to watch it before seeing the ending just because I, I would, I'd rather see what people's uh, impression would be without knowing what the ending is. Oh, man, that ending. <laughs> so... Your, your top build in this film is Betsy Russell, mm-hmm. who plays Allison, who's, she's the main the, who's the main character. She's she's not a top dog cheerleader, but she wants to be number one more than anyone, mm-hmm. and she's very competitive. Then you have the, the man that she loves, Leif Garrett, whose name, who plays Brent, who's kind of a horndog teenager, even though he looks like he's in his 40s. He's not a teenager anymore, because there's a line that says, when we were teenagers, we did this. So they're in their oh, 20s. Okay. So he looked really, really old. Yeah, he was he was uh, losing his hair at this time. You can see the receding hairline. So yeah, he's a horn mm-hmm. dog, and he's hitting on everything that moves, making her jealous. And she she confronts about some point about this. It's like, well, no, I'm trying to make you. Uh, I'm playing hard to get here. No, I was mm-hmm. trying to trying to even though he's tried to sleep with the other te- cheerleaders on their team and yada yada yada. And then you have Lucinda Dickey playing Corey. Corey is the good girl. She's the quote unquote pretty ugly girl of the movie. Mm-hmm. She's. Um, the team mascot, 
<laughs> she doesn't, and she's bullied for some inexplicable reason. Because she's a furry, like every other mascot in the movie. She hates wearing the costume, though. <laughs> so it's like, she's not really one. But just those three. And then you have, like I said, you have the, you have two other cheerleaders, one of whom is like a good person, one of them whom is trash, another one that I think might secretly have been a lesbian because she was really fixated on her missing friend. Uh, like really fixated, like, where is she? I, I, I have to talk about her in every scene, and I have to stare at her lovingly at every time she's on the scene. Well, at that point, she was missing for like five hours, and yeah, nobody but, seemed to care. But every single time she's in the scene together, it's always she's always with her, attached to her at the hip, and looking at her lovingly. So, like well, I said, they were supposed to be the uh, bullies, yeah, of the group. That's it. Although they weren't really bullies, they're just kind of. And making this jokes. is actually other than one other cheerleader that Leaf Garrett hits on earlier on in the movie. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that get killed. All these characters are going to get killed. Basically, in their friend group gets killed. Yeah, everybody from their school gets killed. Just not... They they generally avoid all the other cheerleaders. <laughs> and plus the evil manager of the the thing and the uh, creepy handyman die as well. The cook doesn't, though. He actually gets the away. The cook gets away. And <laughs> this movie has a lot of false leads where it's like, no, we're supposed to think it's so-and-so. But mm-hmm. as more and more people die in your head, you're, you're doing the arithmetic. It's like, wait, no... He, they can't. This person can't be the killer because they couldn't have been there. But who could have been there, mm. leading to a crazy, crazy ending? Yeah. So the main look. character, uh, the, the final girls of this film, mm-hmm. are Allison and yep. Corey. Yep. The two mentioned earlier. Corey convinces Allison to shoot Brent after they they find him over the body of one of their one of their friends, the good one. Yeah. She was killed by the uh, when the cops arrive. Corey tells him that Allison was behind all of the murderers. And that's when all the pieces come to place and you realize Corey has been there for every single murder and has mm-hmm. been close by for every single murder and is the only one that could have committed any of them yep. throughout this entire movie. And he... when the police ask, mm-hmm. how how could she have done something like this? She's crazy. She replies... She just wanted to be number one. She wanted to be better than everyone else. Oh, geez. I she just, wanted to stand at top. I just remembered that scene where they get killed with the, the bear trap. Yeah. She literally said, Brent, you killed him. Yeah. You did that. Yep. And that's what drove him to drink and become drunk. Oh, I just realized yep. that. Yeah. Little things like that where she's <laughs> manipulating them to go up against each other, to split apart. Mm-hmm. And then she takes them out. Yeah, she's Like, she's the last one that sees Timmy, and she just literally goes, like, are you going to stay here? Okay, well, I'm going to go on ahead. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. Yeah. Because she came back to kill him. And, yeah, and what the crazy scene is, like, as Allison has come to the realization, no, I didn't kill them, only one of them. You, you were off your medications. You were having bad dreams. Those weren't dreams. This is a nightmare. This is reality. No, it was Corey. And then you cut to Corey dressed up in Allison's... Uh, uniform for cheerleading going give me a c give me an o (laughs) give me a r give me a y who do we love and then alice is like no Corey did it yeah who do we love Corey? yeah who do we love Corey? so Corey also convinces her to stop taking her medication yeah she also convinces her to stop taking her medications (laughs) that we don't know what they're for in this in this movie in a very after-school special type of scene. Yeah, I thought it was just more of the teen comedy stuff, but apparently not. It came back to play later. So, like I uh, like we said earlier, this movie is so crazy, but it's so enjoyable. I, I had a blast with it. And like I said, I, I have to qualify that this movie is not a good movie, but it was so much fun. 
I'm going to give this one a four out of five. I love I'm going to give this movie a four out of five. I love this movie. I know <laughs> I want Shout Factory to put something out on Blu-ray or DVD that they haven't put out a hundred thousand friggin' times. Oh man, like I said, it's just one of those. It's like I said, it's so bad, it's good. I wasn't expecting to uh, enjoy it nearly that much. We've kind of had kind of a scattershot relationship with, like I said, teen movies and slasher movies, but this one really hit that mark, and I wasn't expecting it. But I would say if you like either one of those types of movies uh, or eighties type or eighties movies in general, I think you should watch this one. It's a it's a lot of fun. Oh, and I'll just give you one more quote from sure, IMDb because this is the one that IMDb thinks is the most important quote in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me put in my pop voice. That judge in the orange skirt. Make your PP harder than a 10-pound bag of nickel jawbreakers. You know what I mean? That guy had some of the best lines in the movie. Oh, oh my God. This movie is so dumb. <laughs> and I guess I should just point out, it's like this movie is, is directed by John Quinn. Yeah. Um, I don't know who he is, but written by... Uh, he just wrote a bunch of little crappy things. He did a lot, bunch of... Uh, a bunch of trailers straight to film like tv stuff and all that this was the last movie with lucinda dickie starring in it yeah this is actually might have been the last one that she did but yeah this guy did a lot of like the keys to sex the playboy movie like things like that he didn't do a lot of good stuff and the whole reason we picked this one out by the way was because lucinda dickie was in it yeah and also just it's like i had done a random check and it's like oh crap i just found it yeah, because we watched all her other movies and we learned she was only in one other movie. So we figured, well, we might as well watch the other movie. And it turned out to be almost as bonkers as Ninja 3 or Breakin' or Breakin' 2. She's in every movie she's in is so weird. Yes. <laughs> every movie. That's the canon touch. This movie, of course, wasn't canon. No, it wasn't, but it could have been. <laughs> this is such a bizarre movie. And film. I'm looking at the writers. The writers didn't go on to do much uh, much else with the, after this movie. Yeah. Uh, but there was a sequel to this, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, there was a spiritual sequel to it that came out, and then there was one that was based on the original outline for a sequel to this mm-hmm. that happened. So there was like one in the early 90s, and there was one in the 2000s. And the one that in the 2000s more about the mascots killing cheerleaders. Yeah, it was apparently going to be the original movie, but uh, it fell Yeah, the original so. sequel, and then, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. The, 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 the one that was apparently made and all the characters changed and it not being a sequel was... Uh, called Camp Fear, and it shares the DNA with this end, mm-hmm. even to the point where but- Betsy Russell actually is in the movie, but not playing her same character. Well, she and couldn't I, be. And I think, I don't know, I haven't looked into it, I think she's probably just a cameo. Probably. Like an unofficial cameo of it. Probably. But yeah, that was Cheerleader Camp, bizarre movie that uh, we both recommend. Go yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's, it's so bad that it's good. And that was yet another exciting episode of the non-canonical adventures of J.D. and Randy in time and space and film. And we will see you next time when we are back with our normally scheduled canon episodes, everybody. Yep. And the next time we have this uh, another non-canon, I'll find more things attack on the ending of that title just to mess with you, That's, J.D. He just loves, to mess with you. Yeah, he loves to do that. And I'm pretty sure it's annoying. Goodbye. I'm Randy. All right. I'm J.D. We'll see you next time when we continue our cruise through the canon catalog. Give me a See. Give me a goodbye. Goodbye. Talk with Allison. She's so fine. The look in her long or you'll go blind. Next is Pam. She comes out with a bam. And we'll tell you this, she ain't no sham. Next is Bonnie. She acts kind of funny. Steal your heart, but not your money. Can't forget Teresa. She's got what it takes. Putting her on this team was no mistake. Last is Glory, and this is her story. She's our gator, you'll be seeing her later. Betsy Russell, Leif Garrett, Lucinda Dickey, 
Lori Griffin. We gotta walk out of here. It's at least 40 miles. Finally, something to die for. Cheerleader Candy.